girls like us and we are here with uh two-fourths of cat bite um did you want to <laughs> introduce yourselves and tell us uh, what you do in the band yeah yeah um, so I'm Britt. I am the lead vocalist and keyboard player in Catbite. And I'm Tim. I do guitar and some backup vocals in Catbite. Thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm Kane. I'm Kanan. This is Raven. Um, we both live in Southern California, so it's like cool. always. It's always like seven between like sixty and eighty. <laughs> Right now so, it's really hot, yeah. Yeah. Right now, yeah. So jealous. We just like I have the extreme so nice. in Philly. It's just like extremes at all times. So it's like the summer is like nineties, and then like the winter it's like negative ten. Uh, it's cool. Negative ten. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets fucking. I mean, it's not maybe like not, normal. Maybe not it's not bad. like normal, but like yeah, it'll, it'll get cold. It'll get like, like twenty like degrees. Your face just like hurts. It like hurts to go outside, outside in the winter, yeah. which is not cool. Like. I don't know. I don't know why people live here. It's it's cheap. That's that's about it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think Kanan that's has it. fallen in love with that area. I I I want to live in Philly. I mean, I've lived in California my whole life, but right. I don't know something about it just know, gravitate toward. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's a cool city. Like the music scene is awesome here, and like, like I said, it's like cheap to live here, and it's like close to everything. Like you have, like New York, and you have Washington, and like Boston. Like the whole like Northeast is pretty chill. It's just the weather sucks. Yeah, that's about it. Everything besides the weather is great about Philly. Yeah, you can't win them all, you know. <laughs> no, I would. I mean, I would probably take that over how much it costs to live over here so oh yeah that's what i've heard yeah it's like it's rough <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like when we hear about other areas we're like what like what <laughs> how are you buying yeah. a house <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, well wow. like it's crazy one of our friends lives in pennsylvania and she was talking about her job and she's like yeah i get paid like eight dollars an hour and i was like how are you okay like is that normal there she's like yes like i have like a pretty good size house like everything and i'm like where in pennsylvania i don't probably like any part but philly because yeah like the rest of pennsylvania is like not city she's like outside okay okay yeah because i'm like originally like from bumblefuck pennsylvania it's fucking weird there you got some weird shit going on but yeah like you can buy a house for like twenty thousand dollars Jesus. like i mean wow. it's not gonna be a nice house it's a but it's upper, it'll probably. fix her upper but like property yeah i mean like twenty thousand dollars in philly will buy like a fucking that big area but like yeah i don't know i feel that <laughs> I, la but like that small of an area <laughs> like you can buy like a shed for twenty thousand here yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go shed connecting to somebody's house yeah, somebody yeah, else. yeah not exactly. your own shed. <laughs> yeah. no running water just yeah dig a hole for the water <laughs> they're like there's a hose over there it's yeah. fine like it's not bad it's not bad <laughs> all right raven did you want to get started we always do <laughs> we digress <laughs> i'm gonna um just give a little bit of background about cat bite and like how you all got started with music and how the band formed and everything yeah do that um 
So we started in 2018. 2018, yeah. yeah. Um, Tim and I kind of, well, he he was in a, a longtime ska band for like nine years um, called The Snails. They're from Lancaster, PA. Um, and he had recently quit um, that band. He was in like a power pop band, um, like in the in-between time after that band. Um, and before we started Cat Bite. Um, but I had finished, I had just um, graduated school. Um, I studied jazz voice performance um, and I graduated uh, from school. And I like, I've always wanted to be like in a band. I've always, that's just like, I've always wanted to be a performer. That's always been like my goal. I never was like playing to like teach or anything. Um, just was like, that was, the main goal so tim and i were like decided like we just wanted to start a band together um and you had already like had the name cat bite yeah well like yeah so i like so i was in this band the snails for like a long ass time and i had like no creative input into this band because like i was like the musical idiot in the band everyone else was like super smart like super musically trained and stuff and i was just like rhythm guitar player and did all the booking did all the manager shit did all the driving so like totally like the glue in the band but not musically and so I like started writing music for myself like I like learned how to play guitar to be in this band when I was like 18 and like that it was like all I knew I'm like this is my only way to be like a musician and so I just kind of like floated along in this band and I like started writing music for myself like when I was like 26 or something and I would just like save all it was like literally every style of music like anything from like power pop to ska to like hardcore like post it was just whatever I, I don't know I just but I like didn't show anyone and I just like put everything into a folder on my iTunes and just called it cat bite it was just like some random name I'm like this sounds cool it's easy I don't know and I, I even made like artwork for this imaginary band cat bite and just like literally didn't show anyone like no one heard any of these songs and then um yeah so like we i don't know we just started like we're like let's start a band and yeah, i so we, just, we started we started doing um just like taking covers or doing covers of songs um in like a ska style so we did um Miss Anne was the first song that we covered together. Um, it's like a little Richard little song. Richard. Um, but yeah, what were you gonna say? Uh, I forget. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, it, I I think like originally the we weren't like I don't know. I think we were like what like what kind of like genre band should we you know what what should we do and i think ska we just kind of landed on ska um because that was like the most like fun music that we like we en really enjoyed playing that kind of music so i think that was like what we both gravitated towards yeah and like i'd like fallen in love with like the ska scene like in <laughs> sorry cats man that's uh amanda Bynes too she likes to yell out the window <laughs> she's a sweetheart but uh, like, yeah, so like my old band, we were like a ska band, and, but we were like gravitating towards not being ska because we were just like, we were a band for so long and like playing ska and like we, 
we're, we're touring stuff but like no one really gave a shit about Scott and like the rest of the band was just kind of fed up with it and just kind of like started to kind of conform to like the Philly like indie garage rock scene which is like really big here mm-hmm. and like they just kind of like abandoned like all the Scott friends and family that we met along the way and that, that was like one of the big reasons why I'm like all right fuck this like this is not fun like I don't want to be in this band anymore and I was just like all these friends that I made for like the past 10 years are all in the Scott scene and like I've just become really close and like let's just let's just try and do a Scott band uh it was me and Britt and then my uh co-worker who was Johnny who was our original bass player of Kappa he was like in a similar situation where he just left a long-term band and he's like well I like Scott too and I'm like, well, let's, you should play a bass in this ska band that we're going to start. And we, I eventually just like booked studio time with our friend to like record some demos. And uh, we tricked our drummer, our current drummer, Chris. Uh, we'd asked him to be our drummer and he like. Just, He's a really, really great drummer. And what he was in like, like, like five or six five, bands. Yeah, five bands at that, at that point in time. And we wanted, like, we wanted to do we wanted to have like practice every single week or like twice a week or something like that. And he was like, I can't commit to that. Like I've got too much going on. Yeah. And we were like, well, then you can't be in the band. Yeah. But, but it- we couldn't find, <laughs> we couldn't find another drummer. Yeah. So we tricked him into recording with us <laughs> and recorded three songs with us. And he literally just like learned them in the studio that day and recorded them. It was perfect. And then immediately after that, I was like, Oh, by the way, we also have a show booked. And I'm like, you have to play the show now. Like, and you already know the songs. Like, yeah. So then we tricked him into playing our first show. And then we got another show and then another show and another show. And then, like, we just started, like, it's like, oh shit, we're a real band. And then, like, Bad Time Records has started exact same time that we started as a band. And I'd known Mike for years because um, through Kill Lincoln, my old band had played with him a bunch and toured with them and stuff. And he, like, saw what we were doing. And just like sent me a Facebook message one day, like a long Facebook message, like, hey, man, I saw you're doing a ska band. I'm just so happened to be starting a ska label. I want to like model it after like Asian Man Records, super DIY and like all about the community and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, shit. OK, cool. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Like we literally were a this band. It's all like really good timing for us, I think. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, let's do an EP. And I was like, okay, can you, you do it in like two months? I'm like, yeah. And then we were like, no, we, we like can't. No songs. And then eventually <laughs> he's like, all right, let's just do a full length record. And it'll be the first like Bad Time Records proper release. Because they did a reissue of a Kill Lincoln record and a reissue of a We're the Union record. But we were like the first like new band, new record on Bad Time Records. And just, we were, it was just like, we were not like, expecting anything about this whole band or I don't know we just kind of went into it just like this, is, this will be fun we need a creative outlet and like it's yeah. all it's just like us friends doing stuff and then they just like we put out it's our first record ever since. yeah it's just great timing and just I don't know just being cool and having fun <laughs> and that's the, the beginning of Cat Bite. <laughs> yeah and I feel like especially recently with the release of the new album too like there's been so much buzz like you just did the vans channel like yeah. race like played you and you know i know that's you and stuff like it's exciting stuff that's happening 
yeah i mean it's it's like it's just so cool like i don't know we're just taking it one thing and another like yeah every anytime like something crazy like laura jane grace like playing our one of our songs on you know her playlist it's we're just like like yeah i was like trust me i know about that because i was watching the, her um her dj sets i watch them every month yeah and i'm so always good. like i know that band i know i know <laughs> like, i love her so much so yeah so i love her yeah she's like yeah i mean that's why i play rickenbacker is because of her <laughs> like oh yeah she's been like i wanted mm. to like be her before i even played guitar or wrote music so it's like fucking insane to see her like shouting us out and like it's like what she's like she's like i'm not the biggest ska fan but here's cat yeah it's just wild that she like knows i know of us yeah yeah it's pretty yeah yeah, it's pretty wild (laughs) yeah yeah hashtag blessed that's that's what i say (laughs) do you think that the way you've grown up like Britt, you said that you graduated and you're a jazz singer and all these different things outside of ska. Do you think that's influenced kind of the music you're writing? Because you do hear like bits and pieces of it, like when you listen to the songs. And from what I've read, you do have you have the traditional, like the selector, the specials, you know, all these other influences. But then you have like Elvis Costello is like an influence for Cabite too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely like. I mean, when I'm like, when when we go into like writing songs, I'm I'm never thinking like I'm gonna like use like jazz influence in, into it. I, I think it just like kind of happens naturally, just because like that's something that I know really well. And like, I mean, I I really didn't get into ska music until like basically like when I moved to Philly so I, that's been like eight years now so like eight eight years ago seven seven years ago seven. yeah seven seven years ago <laughs> um uh like growing up I listened to like a lot of um like pop and soul and um my dad is uh Peruvian so I listened I grew up listening to like a lot of Spanish music um and but I, I think like all all that has definitely like rounded me out in in that type of way where like I I guess I think it, I mean I guess yeah it comes out in like the cat bite sound like it's I kind of can just pull from that stuff while also knowing ska music now and like I think the styles just like are able to like melt with each other really nicely um so that it works it works really well um yeah but I, I never like intentionally am like trying to write the song in a certain way it's just kind of what happens as we are writing yeah how did you um like how did you get involved with like jazz singing though um so i i was studying music in um so I'm, I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale. I was studying in Orlando at a state college um, and I was studying classical music at the time. And um, there was a teacher that like once asked me, um, you know, like if I, I, I think I, I had just done like a, like a, a performance in, in the class and um, 
the, the teacher would always like ask you things afterwards and she asked me like if I was happy while while that I in that performance and I was like yeah yeah like yeah I was happy and she was like well you just look like you're in so much pain <laughs> and I was like oh my god but like yeah because I just didn't really enjoy it I mean I am like very thankful for studying classical for like foundation wise and and like it's it was definitely great it's definitely great to have that like in my tool belt but like I didn't enjoy it um and there was a, a an adjunct teacher that came on started doing half hour jazz lessons voice lessons uh and so I was like immediately I was like oh let me get into this um and I started working with her and I just like I loved it. I love it so much because it's like complete opposite of classical music where like classical is by the rules. You can't like, you have to follow everything because that's what it is. And jazz is like, you slip up, you make a little mistake and you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna work it into whatever I was doing. And that's jazz, you know? <laughs> so I, I just found it really freeing. Um, and I just, I, was able to like really connect with like that music. Um, and so that's how I got into it. And I I wanted to keep, I wanted to continue studying it. Um, they didn't offer, uh, they didn't offer anything else at that school. So I ended up coming to Philly for, uh, to go to school here and I ended up graduating here. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, how'd you go from like jazz to Scott? Like, yeah, <laughs> interesting. But I also like really want to note, like, when you talk about how strict classical music is versus like jazz, and then even like ska and like the alternative scene, like your 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 vocal stylings are very interesting. Like where you choose to like enunciate or how you um, like on what melody and stuff like that's very interesting. Well, thanks. So yeah. Yeah, I like Enjoy it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um like since I mean obviously I I in school I was able to like figure out what type of performer I am now. I think like it, it definitely was very helpful being in school and, and learning that kind of stuff. But like now being like in this band and like putting out this second record, which like the, the, the sound of the second record to me is more like, it's the cat bite sound, but like polished. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. know, whereas like the first album was like, it's the sound, it's pretty much there, but like it just needed like a little more oomph. And then like this, the nice one album is like hitting you in the face with it. I feel like I have like grown just like with the first and second record, like as a performer, I'm like, even more confident in myself and like like so proud of this music that I'm just like ready to just be like yeah you know like <laughs> yeah I love that punch in the say, face with it oh by the way I have the, the record oh, yeah. <laughs> isn't it so pretty it's very pretty I love it <laughs> it's so good. that album is really good I was listening to it today and it's just it's great it's great thank you the opening yeah. track too I feel like I need to be on the beach. Sticking. Like, I like the pinwheel. Listening to it like a little party. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Very pretty. Pinwheel one. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it is like, a, oh my gosh. So, so like the songs are so fun. Like I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just like, you know, like super kind of like sad, depressing lyrics, but like as poppy and danceable as possible is kind of always been the cat bite thing. Yeah. Cause I don't know. That's I the also, type of music we like. Yeah. I, I love listening to like, it's just like, I don't know. It, it, I feel like it catches people off guard and like makes them really focus more into it like you're like oh this is like a dancey song and then you listen to the lyrics and it's like kind of sad and you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> you know it's like the sweet and sour effect i love exactly sweet. i love like sweet and like um, sour patch kids <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly exactly you're the union's new album too like does that like ordinary life you listen to the lyrics and you're like oh this song is so like upbeat and then you're like wait no it's like sad exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a second what am i singing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i love that yeah that's that's my favorite um i wanted to ask um what was like i know you did the the paps me up uh <laughs> song um which you know cover scratch me up but for paps <laughs> like that was just like a fun thing that you did like how did that come about Oh gosh. Uh, so I was just like, <laughs> so I was like on Twitter one day, and for some reason, Pabs. Tim we, is addicted to Twitter. That's I mean, no, nah, you gotta be on, you know, <laughs> gotta be. If you're a band, you gotta be on everything all the time. But I was like on Twitter one day, and they posted some weird shit. Like, if you can get, if you retweet this stat, uh, this post and get like a certain, amount of, a certain amount of likes will follow you back yeah and so i like retweeted it and was like if we get i think it was like it was something ridiculous like 690 likes or whatever then you get followed back by paps and i was like if we get 690 likes i'll create we'll do an entire pbr concept scott album or something <laughs> it was like something real stupid and i didn't expect like to like people to actually like it and we got like 500 likes on it or something and pbr followed us back anyways they just like started following us on twitter and i had like already made the joke of like paps me up at one point i like made like a fucking i don't know something on just on photoshop like a quick little thing and said paps 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 me up and then um we were all like hanging out the band because like you know we're like best friends and we just hang out all the time and we were all just hanging out the one night i'm like yo we should just do like an acoustic cover while we're here hanging out of paps me up and just like send it to them and then <clears throat> some and then i'm like wait let's take it even further and <laughs> let's just get like let's get a version of our song scratch me up with no lyrics and then let's i know the person that did the music video for it and like they're our friend i'm like hey can you send us the music video because it's all green screen can you send it to us with with the green screen still intact and we literally just like the next morning brit and i just like woke up at like eight in the morning and just like rewrote all the lyrics to the song to be all about beer or all <laughs> about paps and then we just like recorded it and sent it to our friend he like mixed and mastered it really quick and yeah, then we got the we got the raw video and i'm just like on here on premiere like do, just putting like a new background on for the green screen and we like turned around the entire thing in like 10 hours and just like posted up on instagram or on twitter and instagram <sighs> and shit and i don't know i just get like these weird fucking ideas all the time and i'm just <laughs> glad that my bandmates like 
humor me and like participate in it i mean it's the same shit with like when we redid our first album as like a country record we were, and a hardcore record we're I'm yeah, just like we were, yeah, we were gonna talk about that too the country it's mostly just like me sitting around and be like no it's what be we cool call, it's what we call timmy brain timmy brain i'll just like sit around like that'd be really cool as if we just did this yeah or like it'll just be like <laughs> it's just be like randomly we're just like going about our day and then tim will be like i got an idea it's just like out of nowhere and i'm like oh god what is it now yeah but everyone like usually goes along with it which is pretty sick yeah. and like <laughs> they're good ideas I... <laughs> it's making up for the lack of like creativity that you like were yeah. able to use in your other yeah. bands <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah no it's cool it's just like his uh, his like creative brain on overdrive now from being yeah. suppressed well now that i know that my bandmates like will humor me and like do it and like like our bass player ben he's like an audio engineer and has been able to like like this whole pandemic we've just been like putting out content non-stop because most i mean i've i've i'm like lucky enough to like know how to do video stuff like I've, that's always been like a hobby of mine and so and then ben his hobby has always been like doing sound engineering and stuff so he's been able to like you know record stuff and just like we just send everything to him and he's able to like and then we have shit to put out even if we're like stuck at home mm -hmm. and can't play shows and it's been really beneficial for this like entire past year and a half where we couldn't play shows so it's cool yeah it's always fun stuff to do you know yeah it's really convenient like you do you do video stuff he does sound stuff like yeah and also like that we're like there's only the four of us and like Britt and i are like married and literally live together so like at the beginning of the pandemic like when we couldn't even see ben and chris our bass player and drummer like at least the two of us like yeah it was very right helpful. off the bat we just like started doing like acoustic covers and stuff and we like at the beginning we just were like we're gonna cover when we thought when we thought when everyone thought it was gonna be two weeks long yeah we were gonna we were like yeah. every day of, pan of the pandemic we're gonna cover one of our friends songs and we did that for about two weeks straight like we started we almost off got, we almost hit two weeks it was like it, it got to t almost at two weeks and i was like working the whole time too because my job was like a um what do they what do they call it uh essential essential yeah whatever so like i would just like work all day and then we'd come home and learn it one of our friends' songs and like do an acoustic cover. It was really fun though. It was really it fun. It kept us like we were super busy. And then yeah. we were, and then when we realized it's like not it's gonna be a little longer. We were like, I don't know how we can do this. Yeah. Every, every single day. Yeah. I was like every day of the pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't believe we lasted that long. I know. It was at least like probably like eleven days in a row. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like wow. everyone was a little more motivated at the beginning when they thought it was only going to be a couple of weeks. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this time and do these projects that I've been putting off. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's when we just <laughs> that's yeah. when we decided we were going to write and record an entire record. But yeah. then we ended up actually doing it. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. Like it was like at the beginning of the pandemic, and we're like, well, let's just use this time to write and record a record, and then we like booked studio time in in Los Angeles and. Then we're like, oh shit, we have to do this. <laughs> and then we did it. And, but it's all about making deadlines. <laughs> Make some deadlines and it'll yeah. happen. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say how Raven, how you said that uh, people were starting to do like all these different activities 
activities and hobbies at the beginning of the pandemic and then I noticed like the Jeff Rosenstock flag behind them and how oh, we, yeah. when we when we talked to Jeff we like asked him like all these questions like the, the pandemic like did you bake bread did you like animal crossing. do all these things he, he only played animal crossing, animal crossing. He, did, he played animal crossing <laughs> yeah he didn't that was he his, didn't bake banana bread he did yes he made like these like it was no it was the balls right like these bread balls these like south american yes. bread balls i forgot what they were called. Yeah. oh wow like that sounds cool. that sounds cool yeah Ooh. so we're like <laughs> interesting that's pretty cool <laughs> he like sent us the rest that's cool. like oh i'll send it to you and he actually did <laughs> oh shit that's awesome did you that's make sweet. them no <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah. jeff <laughs> like a few weeks later we're like did anyone ever make them <laughs> we're like no we i feel like we get distracted <laughs> really that happens <laughs> that's yeah that'll definitely happen yeah <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> I do so much. But then it made me think of the banana bread and the bad influence video. <laughs> oh my Shit. god. Yeah. So that's based on a true story. That's a ridiculous story know. too. <laughs> the acting in that video though was like <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Top notch. <laughs> <laughs> we all got our acting we're, debut. Yeah, we're Golden Globe. Is that is that acting? Golden Globe award winners. Yes. Award winning yeah. music Golden video. Globe. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The globes. <laughs> yes. That was, a, that was a fun video. I like literally stayed up two days in a row making that entire video because I've like very little knowledge on like green screen shit. And I was just like Yeah. It was fun. Do you do you know this do you do you both know the story? Didn't you about say, the, the um, oh my gosh. Uh your co coworkers, Tim, your coworkers took uh Eight edibles they didn't know where they were edibles yeah well yeah <laughs> something someone, like that <laughs> yeah one of, one of my one of my like newer coworkers, uh they brought in a tray of banana bread that they made and turns out that their roommate used that pan for like edibles and it was like a non-stick pan which apparently that shit stays in no matter how much like you wash it so our like entire work just got fucking dosed including me and like and the GM, and the like the GM, GM, like like it was at least like twenty people at my work, just like fucking stoned out of their mind. But like no one knew that they were stoned because, I mean, why they, would you think? Yeah, yeah why would you like, think it was fun? So like, so like I left early that day because I had to uh, meet my mom and sister, and I'd already seen them a couple days before, and like was super sleep deprived and stressed because they're the most stressful people in the world. <laughs> and I left work early to meet them because. They were coming early and as soon as I left work this was like an hour after I ate the banana bread I'm just like feeling fucking stoned but I'm like like I smoke a little bit of weed but not like a lot of weed so like I like I was like weird I feel stoned but I just thought I was like borderline having a panic attack just from like lack of sleep and anxiety of like dealing with my mom and sister and I spent the entire evening like dealing with them, like cook. I had to fucking cook them shakshuka because my mom <laughs> found out that I make really good shakshuka somehow. And she's like, I never heard of it. You got to make it for me. And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like in the kitchen and they're like hovering behind me. Like, what are you doing? What are that tomatoes? I'm like, 
and I'm just like freaking the fuck out but like not trying to be a parent about it I'm just like what is going on and like Britt was supposed to be home from work but she was like late so it's just me with my mom and sister like literally right there just hovering in in our small kitchen and and I just felt like weird and shit the whole night and then the next morning uh my I was talking to my coworkers, and I told them about how stressful my mom and sister are like how to go with them I was like dude it's so fucking weird I literally felt like I was stoned the whole time and then my other coworkers like what you felt like you were stoned yesterday I felt like I was stoned yesterday (laughs) and it was just like one after the other, like all my coworkers were like, but you felt stone. I felt fucking stone. I didn't want to say anything because I thought I was losing my mind. And then like we just we're just all like, what like what what? And then at like the same moment, everyone's fucking light bulb went off. It was like the banana bread. <laughs> we all ate the banana bread. And then like it word got out and like GM uh, like HR was like calling me and I'm like ah I just I played dumb I was like I have no idea what you're talking about and it sucks the person that brought it in ended up getting fired which sucks but they hated the job anyway so it's fine uh (laughs) well Tim was like (laughs) when he found out he was texting me while he was at work he was like the banana bread so the, it dosed everybody at work and I was like I started freaking out I was like what the heck he's like no it's not a big deal it's not a big deal I'm like that is a big deal though because like I love banana bread I would have ate so much of the banana bread you know what I mean like if I worked there I would ate so much of it and I would been stony baloney because I don't <laughs> smoke at all and I'm like thinking like I'm just like putting myself in 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 that situation I'm like I would have been stoned out of my mind and like probably had a panic it's you know what I mean like it would have not ended well for me and like luckily everyone else was okay I mean I, I think the GM wasn't she had to leave yeah she, she like was, left like, she was panicking a little bit yeah she was gone for two days see so like it was like I don't know she's like, also really, very dramatic I, but well yeah. I, feel, I feel terrible that that person lost their job but also Tim was like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, you smoke a little bit. So like, it wouldn't, it's not that big a deal for you, but like someone who doesn't smoke a lot and they ate a lot of it. Like, yeah, I only had one slice. There was a couple of people that had like two. It wasn't like as strong as like a normal edible because it was like, like it it was like like the the leftover shit, but it was like, yeah, like I had a piece like about, you know, like that big, that that thick, but like, and you still felt, I felt like I was, mildly stoned like for like how much they like how much did they use in i mean if they're making or... edibles they gotta make fucking nah, yeah, gosh. You know? <laughs> nah, but... <laughs> but cool music video idea <laughs> and yeah and then we did it and then we did it <laughs> and i got stoned when i was editing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just remember like like so that's like all green screen shit and i it was like the hottest day it was literally like 100 degrees outside and i was like up in our spare bedroom which doesn't have air conditioning and i like set up the green screen like Britt was out out, i was just like home alone and i'm just like set the camera up and i'm like putting on the i have a green screen suit like (laughs) like the spandex suit thing you know and like i put like fucking cat mask on i'm just like dancing around like filming it and then just 
felt like an idiot. <laughs> it took so long. We'll have to send you like the out the, the outtakes of the videos of him doing that because it's like him like just all green and like has like you know um boxing gloves on it's just like a green thing moving with like the guitar yeah it was fun it's really fun i was like yeah i was like dying i I, I literally i like came out from work the one day at like 5 p.m started working on the video and then like stopped working at 5 a.m the next day and then like went to work and then like came back because like i was like putting off this music video for so long and then mike from bad times like hey we need that friday and this was like tuesday and i'm like ah and so like pretty much did yeah it's fine also our computer isn't like the greatest for doing video editing so like i would do like a little bit and then it would die and then i would do a little bit more but it turned out really good i think (laughs) the video it's it's something you know it's something (laughs) I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. you said you worked from 5 p.m to 5 a.m on the video and then you went straight to work yeah and they came home and then finished the video for like spend another like 10 hours work Tim doesn't normally sleep He's I'm like really I'm really bad at sleeping especially if I have shit to do um I get really manic and just literally just will have to work and that's just how I work get shit done though <laughs> and then I crash and I sleep for like two days straight and then i restart we're good (laughs) yeah you wake up with all these creative ideas no that's exactly what happens and then get my notes in my iphone just like the it's that's literally just timmy brain ideas that's the story i I love that (laughs) that's the story (laughs) yeah oh my gosh Um, let's talk about the new album just came out yes I was reading about um, the recording process and how that was kind of an experience in itself recording during a pandemic (laughs) oh my goodness yeah 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 I mean like we we like originally thought about doing it like kind of at the beginning of the pandemic um, where it was like it'll be fine like we'll just fly to LA record because we we have so we were supposed to be doing a tour in on the west coast and japan so we had our flights already to la and we're like fuck it let's just keep our flights and fly out to la record the record and yeah because like what else are we going to do during the pandemic and then um these... well before so so we had what did we start we started writing like in like May of 2020, probably. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, w- so we had new, no new songs at this point. We were like not planning on recording at all. We were literally, we were supposed to be touring like a bunch of 2020. That was the plan. It was and, we like, had an, and we had an idea to like maybe start writing a new record like at the end of the year. Um, but then obviously everything stopped uh, and we, we had those playing tickets. So we were like, yeah, let's just, we want to work with this producer. Um, he lives in Long Beach, Davey Warsop. Like, let's write, let's write a record now and we'll, we'll record with him. And so we gave ourselves, basically that was like two months. We were, suppo- it, was, it was like two and a half months. We were supposed to originally three, record yeah. in September. Um, and we started writing in like May. Um, and then about 
I guess like three weeks before we were, we were supposed, supposed to, to go. Yeah, but three weeks before we were supposed to leave, our bass player Ben, um, he works at a dog daycare. He got bit by a dog. He was like breaking up a dog fight. He got bit by a dog, and the dog broke his arm in two places. He had to get like surgery, put a plate in. Um, yeah, so dog bite. Or cat bite. Dog bite, cat bite. Dog bite. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, the dog bite saved cat bite. Yeah, because but, dog bite prevented cat bite from going to LA before we were ready. We were not ready <laughs> at all. We were the songs were not ready. Yeah. And so like thank 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 you, dog, for doing that. We we actually credit we credit we credit the dog on our on our thank yous for the album. What was her uh, his name? The dog's name was Winston. Winston the Bulldog. Yeah, I think so. Um, you have to look for that now, Kate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna look at that for that. It's yeah. it's on the if you have like the insert with the the posters. Yeah, it's in the. <laughs> you have the insert in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there in the thank yous. He's like one of the first ones we thank because yeah. he really saved yeah. the record. So we ended up yeah we ended up postponing the whole recording thing to November, which gave us like an extra two months uh to finish recording and then by then like we were like good ready to go and then instead of two weeks in LA we gave ourselves only 10 days because of our schedules and his schedule and everyone's flights and shit that's right here (laughs) Winston the dog for giving us an extra two months to write the album (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean he really saved us yeah um i mean i'm fortunate for ben for having to like get surgery and plate in his arm but he's like, fine now he's fine now yeah he healed up great yeah Everything it was like a really clean break on the forearm it uh-huh. wasn't like his wrist or anything yeah it was just like two puncture wounds that literally just went into the bone but yeah he's fine <laughs> um but so so then we we ended up going so november comes we go out to long beach to record um and yeah, we were we only had ten days, um, instead of two weeks two like weeks. we were we had planned before. Uh, so we we're like we, we got to get you know we got to do this fast. We got to make sure everything's good. Three days in, we get all the drums done and like the arrangements and all that shit. And yeah. arrangements are done, and then Davy, our producer's girlfriend, ends up being sick, <laughs> and he is like. Where we we don't know like if she has COVID, uh, they they needed to get tests and then we were waiting on the test so we lost two and a half days, and in that time we're like well we can't go anywhere because if they have COVID then we then might we have probably COVID. have COVID and like we can't be going out to places and stuff although a lot of places weren't really open anyways but like so it was just the four of us cooped up in this one bedroom Airbnb <laughs> Airbnb. Just like basically losing our minds, waiting to hear back. Um, then, like two and a half days later, we find out like they're fine. They're both negative, and we're like, thank goodness. But we we were unable to finish um, recording everything there um, because we we lost you know so much time. We got like probably like 85, 90% of the record done there. Yeah. And then, then yeah, like, so we got back to Philly and then right when we got back to Philly, we were going to um, finish the record with our friend here in Philly because we knew what we wanted to do. It was just basically backup vocals, a couple like lead guitar parts and 
like aux percussion and shit like that and as soon as we got back then that was like when like the second wave of covid hit and like philly was putting another lockdown it was like right when we were leaving la and we were like shit are we gonna get stuck here yeah we didn't yeah it was scary yeah because like uh also flying, flying was terrifying yeah, we, like we all had fucking middle seats uh and like they put you yeah they pack you in there still this was like november yeah, was of 2020 bad. we all had like fucking floor masks on just the entire time like they were like handing out food and beverages and people were just like all right masks off and like drinking and stuff and yeah. all yeah. of us were like it's what terrifying. the fuck like yeah, i just like, like kept uh, putting masks on on top of my mask and just like sitting there in that corner <laughs> just like in, in between two people the whole flight like yeah. fuck this well, i thought i was paying for a seat we're like just give us whatever seats and then, yeah. but we all end up with a middle seat we're like <laughs> oh we should have just paid for seats i know <laughs> but yeah we, we got back and we like all quarantined um like before like we go, went back to work or whatever and then uh and then we just basically had to wait until for like the beginning of the year so that like a month and a half goes by before we're able to finish recording the record which like sucks because we were like super motivated and like ready to go like we only have this much more to do and then we couldn't do anything for like a month and a half we couldn't even like see our bandmates or anything mm -hmm. like it was just like it was rough yeah and then as soon as like it was like okay to like you know, things kind of went down, like chilled out a little bit. We've met up with our um, friend, uh, Lucas Kaczynski, who has a little studio here in, in Philly that we recorded a couple of songs. We did our song with, um, it was on that Scott Against Racism um, compilation. We did that with him. Um, and yeah, he like, super cool. And we finished the record in like a day and a half. And then- But then we had to sit on it <laughs> and have no like, you know, normally you can go and start playing shows and like start playing your new songs and you get, you know, you can gauge like what the audience likes and doesn't like and like maybe change things about the songs, but we weren't able to do that. So we literally were just like listening to the album over and over and being like, oh my God, is this, are, are people going to like it? Are they going to hate it? it I, I was like super anxious to release it. Yeah, I think we all were. Cause like, yeah, usually you have the opportunity when you write songs to play them, mm -hmm. engage, get some reactions from the crowd or, you know, just some sort of feedback and be like, all right, this song works or this song doesn't work. Or like this part in this song is weird. People like look people at work. you weird yeah. or like people really like this part. And we had absolutely none of that because we wrote every single song in isolation yeah. and never got to play any single song live. Uh, the only reaction we had was, um, asinine aesthetic which was the song that right when we started writing this record we got hit up to do the scott against racism compilation and they're like hey do you have any new songs or any songs that you recorded and we're like no but <laughs> we just started working on a new record and that was like one of the first songs that we started working on and we just did like a, we literally like i made a demo we practiced it one day and then we recorded it the next day and just kind of like that was pretty much it yeah and then we submitted it for the comp and we got like great feedback from that but we changed it a bunch for the actual record and like re-recorded it but like that was literally the only feedback we had for any of the songs on this record until just now 
when we were able to finally release it and people like it I think so that's really good because <laughs> I think we were all like a little little very anxious yeah um, just, a little a little very yeah I mean, and, and also like this this being our our second album it's always I feel like that's it's like the the make or break of a band sometimes you know like some bands release their second album and it does terribly and then flop and then yeah sophomore flop and then it's just like (laughs) it's really hard to like continue on after that or like to come back after that um because people are just like that album's you you did such a great album that album sucked and then they just like don't give you the time of day anymore so that was like something i kept thinking about i was like what if that happens to us yeah we're done done for but people like it I think. but people like it so <laughs> i feel like yeah and then it was like so cool to like finally finally play these songs live um we played uh three shows for our like record release weekend um like uh, our first ever headlining show ever yeah and it was sold out show here in philly and it was like it was definitely the coolest show I've ever played in my life and so like, fun fucking 12 years of playing music like this was the best show I've ever played it was just so cool yeah. I've, I've heard positive things about the record so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've heard anything negative so awesome. <laughs> that's good to hear yeah so far so I mean, good I like yeah as long as you like it that's what's important right mm-hmm. yeah understand understand the language like from continuing to like seek out 
other bands that are, you know, related to this one just because you don't understand the language i know it's difficult i know it's like different some people just like i don't know they just don't feel the need to reach reach out towards that like genre of ska or type of ska but it just there's so many like really awesome bands that deserve recognition that i i think are just not getting it yet but i hope i hope maybe like yeah, like I hope this could maybe be some kind of like bridge to connecting the two. Yeah, or just get people to realize like there can be cool, catchy songs that are in different different languages. Like I like I don't speak Spanish at all, uh, but like I like I have no idea what's being said in "Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb," except <laughs> like that. All I know is I can sing along to the chorus and like still have a good time to it. And like I, it'd be cool if like other people you know do the same thing and like. I don't know, just like us, like, and other Spanish speaking bands, like, kind of latching onto it and then just. Yeah. Uh, and like the way that the community is now in Scott, and like, specifically with like a lot of like the Bad Time Records, um, you know, artists, it, it seems to be like super, um, everybody is just like really happy to share other like friends you know albums and stuff so like <laughs> if we're getting lots of shares on this album and people like who've never heard of selena or never listened to like any kind of like spanish music hear this and they really like it then maybe they will look to some other things to like get to dive into it you know mm -hmm. so yeah because like also yeah. like a lot of people like just yesterday we were kind of doing like a ask ask me anything type thing on instagram and just like like what's your favorite song like we'll tell you more about the song or like you know uh ask us other shit about the album and like like there was a lot a decent amount of people that were like didn't realize that bdbd bomb bomb was a cover mm -hmm. and like i i personally i had no idea who selena was until i met brit like it's just like which is like and then like learning about like the whole tahana like scene and stuff it's like it's like what I like I had no idea this existed and I'm fucking from Texas which is like oh, really <laughs> I mean like I moved to I moved to well, I moved to Pennsylvania when I was like one but like my mom <laughs> and my dad lived in fucking He's Texas, from Texas. So, no it's just like I would you would imagine like my mom and dad would like you know yeah. it's just, it's just you know it's, something about it or even like or have mentioned yeah it. like I didn't even know about the JLo movie I've never like selena was like i have to teach him a lot i was like i have no idea who selena is i have no idea who she is never heard of her like this is all new to me within like five years ago our bass player ben we had to so when we brought when we brought up the idea of doing this song for the record and we showed him the song he's just like okay so it's the same chord progression over and over yeah, and he over just again. like didn't care <laughs> he didn't really get it, it. And, and then, then I, like and then i i told i was like well I was like, do you know anything about Selena? And he was like, no. Nope. So I told him like about her and like her story. And he was like, well, holy shit. I didn't know any of that. No. And it like really helped him like understand why we wanted to do it. And yeah. And now he's all about it. Yeah. And like, yeah, just so like, even if we're doing that little bit to help, because I don't know, it's just, 
it's just cool to always be learning more stuff about music like yeah. if you're into music you're gonna want to learn more and like if it's like especially because like you know like a lot of our fans are like white people in america that probably are just oblivious to a lot of this stuff like i am or was like about this stuff so yeah. it's just cool and like i you know most music fans are always curious about more music especially if it's related to something and if they like our band and we're interested like I know for a fact like if I like a band and they're like saying this is my influence and I haven't heard about that influence I'm gonna look into it yeah and like if we can do the same thing with our fans like there's this whole other thing that you have no idea about all this Spanish music and then it's influenced to us then it's gonna get them going or at least some of them going and then maybe they'll learn some more yeah definitely i love how it like go ahead are you going right <laughs> i'm gonna say i love um no i just love how it like helps broaden people's scope yeah. of like other genres and types of music and other countries and other continents and it really i think it really also shows that like anybody can make music that it's not like you know like ska is not just for like white american males or whatever like yeah. anybody can make music and any type that they want mm -hmm. and yeah, so yeah. i think that that helps yeah definitely and like learning, <laughs> but yeah. raven go ahead <laughs> like learning those stories too and like knowing the like meaning behind it or you know where it came from like it definitely makes you appreciate it more too like you said oh, like yeah. Once, oh, yeah you know he learned the story of it and of her and you know what happened and everything then he was like okay like i i get it now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's it really was like a shift in him because <coughs> he really was not into yeah, it yeah like we, we were practicing the song for the first time like when we're like let's cover this selena cover and like sent it to him and he was literally just like sitting in a chair like yeah and it made me mad i was like yeah Brit was mad as shit i was like because <laughs> like, usually he's really into it on her name he's like this is the most boring song ever i was like ready to fight him yeah <laughs> i feel like but now he knows <laughs> yeah selena is like a staple in like every hispanic kid's like childhood because like i mean i'm mexican like i grew up watching that movie all the time like that's my sister's favorite movie but like to us it's like a part of our you know culture and stuff and then you meet someone who has no clue yeah about it at all and you're like whoa but at the same time, yeah, people just don't know, you know. Yeah, it's teach them. it's really weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I love like teaching people about things that they like haven't heard about or like, oh, you know, yeah. introducing introducing them to things. Cause like, I mean, I'm I'm a white kid, so <laughs> I, but I grew up I grew up watching Selena too. So and then I was talking to my dad about it, and he's like, "Who?" And I was like, "How do I know who Selena is?" And you don't. Yeah. Like it makes no sense yeah so it's like it just yeah. yeah it just misses it misses like some people and like me yeah no idea we learned we learned it real good i know and Love then it. you you put the song on there and then people are gonna go oh like i feel like song is this and then they're gonna turn into one research dance party you're gonna know yeah the fans are yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna definitely be a dance party mm -hmm. <laughs> And it was, it was really awesome because we got to, um, I mean, our friend Esteban Flores, um, he does like pretty much like 90% of the keys uh, parts on, on nice one. Um, and then I do like the, the rest, but he's so amazing. And like a, a super huge part of like the, the East LA, like 
Hispanic ska culture. And so he got to like rip a crazy solo on that song. Um, and like, that was like, that was like important for us to like have him featured on that song too. Like just needs recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Shout out to Esteban Flores. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love him. A million different bands too. Like he's a little- Yeah, he's yeah. in every band. He's literally <laughs> calling me right now. Yeah. <laughs> he heard us <laughs> oh my gosh what the heck that's so weird yeah he literally he called, just called he just called me like that's two minutes ago, minutes ago. he, he knew we were talking about listening. Uh, I love him so much yeah that's funny yeah um, I, I want to bring up um, speaking of like the like IG like ask me anything. Um, Jared did one yesterday too, and someone had mm -hmm. asked him about fourth wave thought, and I kind of wanted Not to ask it, like what your thoughts are like with like the different waves and everything. Yeah, I mean I, I'm totally like in agreement that like the waves are kind of silly. Um, like there was the original the like the birth of ska was like in the like the very late 50s and like the early 60s and that's like where ska came from in jamaica like it was birthed from like so and like r&b and jazz and that was just like during like uh jamaicans just like independence and just like you know uh, creating a music for themselves and like that was like you know where it came from and then it uh and then like it eventually it just it kept it just kept going and kept going and kept going and then it just also came over to the UK with like a lot of Jamaican immigrants and uh like became a melting pot with like the, the punk the like white skinhead uh working class punks and like the like Jamaican skinhead working class immigrants and that's just kind of like birthed the second wave but it's just it's i don't know it's it's kind of i think of it's hard it's hard to call it a wave when like it doesn't feel like they're like for for each wave i guess like although each wave i mean besides like the start of, of scott in jamaica the next wave the third wave like kind of have like a new sound to it whereas this doesn't feel like a new sound um I mean, some people might say there is, but like this just seems like, like definitely ska never went anywhere. People thought it was like corny for a while, but like people were still doing and making ska music. It just wasn't as it wasn't as popular. Um, I think what did Ben say oh, that was so good that he said, uh, oh, and in in the in the Vans interview, um, they we were asked a similar question to this and Ben said something really awesome that I really liked. He said, people just weren't in the mood for ska at that point in time. They just weren't in the mood for it. They were in the mood for, you know, whatever was like popular at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's point. The, yeah, like the, ska, the, you know, in the nineties. Yeah, like ska kind of- was into grunge and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of shifted to like different. I mean, uh, that's what like, I mean, things like that happen all the time, like in fashion, people change, like it just shifts. So I think the focus shifted and like Ska had a huge, uh, you know, presence just, in the 90s. And then 
that it got overtaken by like it shifted hard that was the it thing. shifted it so shifted hard that really people's hard. like memory of sky was like all they could remember was like real big fish which i mean they're a great band and but like so many people like just went to this like you know mall punk goth thing yeah and like looked at sky and it's like that's too corny, goofy and corny yeah. carnival music and it just kind of snowballed into like this weird like running running joke where like you like ska you're a nerd or whatever yeah or like whatever (laughs) but (laughs) so like i feel like it i feel like ska just like at this point has out or like all the people that like hated on it kind of like outgrew that and all this like newer generation of uh people that are like kind of discovering music and discovering like alternative music and stuff are kind of just being drawn to ska because it's something that people are looking for right now because it's like uh it's danceable it's like relatable a lot of the bands that are doing it are like very relatable music uh, lyrics and uh i don't know i think everyone that's like all the younger people just miss the memo that scott is corny and they're like kind of just latching on and just that's what's kind of making it popular again yeah but not necessarily another wave i think yeah also yeah i think like what you said like a lot of bands are talking about like very relatable things like mental health or gender identity or something like that in their in ska music today where like in the 90s it did become like not so much about like (coughs) it that that kind of like lyrical input wasn't going on in those songs so it definitely is different in that aspect but you know it's 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 been here (laughs) like yeah or like each like time period kind of had their own theme you know what i mean where like the specials the selector like it was about like anti-racism you know stuff like Mm -hmm. that yeah now it is like about like the gender identities like all these different other things yeah it's yeah it's definitely just like and i think it's kind of keeping that like um like where like the two-tone movement was about like anti-racism and like you know black and white people fighting together this now it's more like social awareness in general but it's like keeping that move like keeping that going yeah in like a modern sense things are happening you know yeah Yeah, like we socially aware something it's yeah something still very meaningful about this music um is can it's just continuing in a different form things that are more relatable to what's happening yeah today I but guess. still keeping it super danceable yeah because it's <laughs> just like yeah just like two-tone yeah. like two-tone in the 70s like if you watch any videos of like the specials or the selector it's just like then, you know they're going hard as shit on stage yeah. and literally just talking about like you know the th- the thatcher era like yeah era in britain and like how it just how fucking terrible it was but everyone is fucking dancing like there's no tomorrow yeah. and it's like and that's kind of it kind of that kind of got lost in some of the bands some of the popular bands in the 90s and that's kind of what like people remember from that though it was still strong with bands like fishbone and yeah um like so many others that slackers and stuff have just never stopped keeping that alive but like Mm -hmm. now it's like more apparent and like people are really taking notice of that i guess yeah for sure so not a wave not a wave just (laughs) just a 
don't know. People are paying attention to it again. And They're I, in the I, mood for it now. People are in the mood for it. And I think the bands are uh, just, uh, there's a, a bigger sense of community within the bands. That's kind of what I think it really comes down to is um, it's not bands against bands, which I, I kind of feel like that is kind of been the, the, like the fall of like the third wave was it, it became kind of a band against band, band because it was just all it was was major 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 record labels just like giving money to like they're like skies in all right and then you had bands just popping up because they saw money signs when you said you were ska and like it became every band for itself yeah. um and i think that was probably like the fall of ska and it, it just kind of it lost that sense of community which is from the beginning of Sky has always been there. And because of that, and with the times changing and like, you know. Once... Labels are like not really, it's not like the goal of, like it used to be, if you were in a band, you want to you wanna get noticed by like a major label, you know, but that's like not the case anymore. People aren't, that's not like their end goal for their band. Yeah. So, and I think that's that's why people are just, it's it's doing so well right now. It's because it's it's back to that. Like, because no one's doing Scott for the money. Like, that's that's for <laughs> sure. Like, so like, if you're doing Scott, like you're doing it for the community and you're doing it for fun. And it's because it's something you like. It's not like yeah. you you realize that the major labels are looking for, for Scott. Yeah. You're doing it. And like a lot of these bands have been like, either they're newer bands but members have been on the scene for a while like us like uh, or just other you know it's just bands that have been doing it for a while and they do it because they love it and because of the community yeah so and, and yeah people are just kind of taking notice of that because everyone's shouting each other out and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and like we introduced our fans to our friends here and on the other part of the I just think of the real big fish song when they're like, so out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Heard that many a times on the warp tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you did the um the country and the hardcore. Uh, albums the the cat light yeah. and the cat bite <laughs> albums yeah. um i you chose to donate the proceeds to um hearts on a wire and i wanted to know like what made you pick that organization um they they were just like an organization that a lot of our friends um are close with uh our drummer chris uh his uh partner they uh have worked with them a lot they they work they do a lot of uh, like burlesque and like work with a lot of queer groups and stuff like that. Um, and we were just kind of like brainstorming amongst the group because we like, I don't know, it just, it just felt like we just wanted to do that, like to do this and like donate the money because we didn't spend much money doing it. And we're just like, because our bass player literally, he recorded the whole thing and it was just for fun. And like, we're like, let's, let's just donate the money we can because we have the power to do this like yeah. um and yeah we just uh just we're brainstorming different groups to um donate and hearts on a wire just like made the most sense um because it also it fell in line with uh uh band camp they were doing like the band camp friday for most of the pandemic and mm -hmm. at this point they had stopped but um for juneteenth 
they did a special fundraiser where that Friday, uh, it wasn't actually on Juneteenth, but it was like the weekend of Juneteenth, uh, where they were going to be donating all of their profits from the bands to, I believe it was the NAACP legal fund uh-huh. or something. Um, and so Hearts on a Wire, like we wanted to work with like someone like an organization and like the queer movement, but also like their most of their clientele is for people of color. And it just it just made the most sense. They're like a really great organization here in Pennsylvania. And they just like just had so many people out and they just don't get talked about that that much because like I'd honestly not heard about much them much about them at all until like we started talking with our drummer's partner and they were just like this is a great organization and they would like lose their shit if you could donate and we were able to donate not 700 eight, 900 i think it was like oh, seven seven twenty something yeah it was something yeah like it was cool it was like 700 bucks towards them which was cool wow but yeah it no, was that's, fun. that's amazing yeah so it's cool. Yeah, right on. I was actually like, I, I went to their website and I was looking through the research report that they did um, and where they like surveyed all the past um, inmates about like mistreatment and harassment and all those kind of things. And it's just like something that I think people don't realize is that like, okay. Um, oh, and also like 42%, something like that of, of the people that were incarcerated um, was for like prostitution. So if like, if you're not gonna hire somebody because of like your religious beliefs or your discrimination um, because they're transgendered or because they're like a transgender person of color, mm-hmm. then they have to go to like prostitution or right. something, sex sex work, and then they're gonna get thrown in prison. And, and then-, then gendered, yeah. And then, yeah. And then you're gonna throw like a transgendered woman into a male prison. And then it's just gonna be awful. And then they get out, but then they're a felon. So right. then they can't get a job again. And it's just like this cycle that's like yeah. never ending. Yeah, no, like when I heard that there was an organization that like literally focuses on that, it was like, yeah, we have to do yeah, this. No yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. just horrible to think about. So we could do anything to help. Yeah, anything to help. Yeah, totally. So right on, yeah. <laughs> Um, Kanan, did you have any more questions? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm good. <laughs> I'll ask like one more question yeah. just about like the new album, kind of like what do you hope the listeners take away from it or what are you hoping they gain from it? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm hoping that like, people who listen to this album really see the like the transformation I think of of, like first album to second album and like see how much like we love making music and like I don't know I think I hope I hope that people just have like a lot of fun listening to the album and, and it inspires them to like be creative in whatever aspect they want to be creative in yeah no yeah i mean i just like i don't know it's it's a hard question <laughs> uh because like i mean we make music for ourselves a lot but like i mean we're all 
performers so we're all like have that bit of like people pleasing in our brains just enlarged and like so as much as we want to say we make this for ourselves we're 100 percent making it so please our friends and family and people that like you know uh look up to us and uh i think yeah this this album was to just a gift to all the people that like have supported us with our first record and like just like we wanted to create the best record that we could that we want to listen to that we think people would want to listen to um i don't know i've just always in my head it's like be the band you want to hear that's just i think that's a fucking origin grace lyric <laughs> from something like that i don't know <laughs> it, it, it just that's always my mentality is just like you know be the band you want to hear uh and that's this is the band that i want to hear and like i literally like this whole pandemic like up until we release it i i just had it like queued up on my phone so every time in the car i would listen to this record and just just like listen and listen 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 i do that with everything i ever record i just like constantly listen to it and like try and like find things i don't like and this is like the first record in a like ever i think that i've like haven't found something yet and i think that's like good sign that's that's a really good sign because usually like two like two listens into something i'm like ah fuck should have done this or like or like there'll just be like something that's gonna drive me insane for like the rest of every time i listen to it and like um yeah i'm just i'm really proud of this record like me and fucking best friends did this and like under like the most ridiculous circumstances and like to come out with this record i'm just yeah, very stoked proud. i'm just yeah i'm just i think um I want people to be proud of us. <laughs> yes. Aww. I was I was like think I was thinking when you said we want to be the bands we want to hear and I was like that's from New Wave. That's yeah, right. We want to yeah, yeah. be the bands we yeah, want to yeah, yeah. hear. See, that's the yeah, first yeah. against that's the first against <laughs> me record I listened to. I got it at a um a flea market and it had like the a DVD in it and it was like live at the Key Club. And I literally watched that DVD before I played every single show for about three years, like with my old band. I would just like pop the DVD in and just like Hype watch, like up. watch it, like yeah. All right. <laughs> and then like go play it, like go play a show. It's just like so good. But yeah, no, one hundred percent. I was like, I'm a ridiculously huge like against me fan. So yeah, same. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, what that lyric, what is that from? And then it like clicked yeah, in my head. I was like, okay. I'm like, what song is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for being here with us. We uh you want to really appreciate it. Social media and where people can yeah. find you and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, social media, everything is at catbite band. Mm-hmm. Just Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have TikTok, but that shit is wild. Really it's too hard. Still, <laughs> still figuring <laughs> too it out. Too much going on. Uh, but we got some shit on there. Um, or just uh, in general, just catbite.net. Finally got a website. I figured out how to use Squarespace. Use keyword catbite at squarespace.com and you get a... What is that with all podcasts? Huh? Never mind. Catbite.net. <laughs> <laughs> they always have like the, every podcast is like do squarespace so come oh yeah for like 20% a pro- promo code yeah catbite band yeah you can try putting catbite band on your squarespace trial it probably won't work but <laughs> i highly recommend 
I highly recommend using Squarespace because even I could learn how to use it. Yeah. I built a website in like a day. It works. <laughs> Great promo for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squarespace.com. But go to catbite.net first. And yeah. then, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs>